Hey guys, welcome back to Better From The Ground Up, and today in the final episode of the season we are going to recap everything that we've talked about so far, and we're going to look forward a little bit to what you can expect for season two. Every morning when you get up, you run up the flag that says balanced nutrition, and you salute it every morning. That's what I'm here to do today. That's my strategy. There's no magic program for everybody. It's about identifying what's most limiting and fixing it. So it's amazing what the crop can do when your nutrition is squared away and everything's good and adequate and balanced. Hey guys, it's Cody Goins. Let's uh, jump into the recap of season one here and talk a little bit about what is coming up next. Um, so we covered a lot of information. Uh, we will probably cover a lot more in season two than what we have done in season one. Um, but but we did cover quite a bit of information. So I want to recap some of the um, some of the episodes that I think were most important and just some of the key takeaways and things that I, you know, some final thoughts that I would leave you with, um, between now and, um, between now and this next season. Obviously we started by talking about soil microbiology. Um, ROI Biologicals is the company. So our, our number one focus is in soil microbiology and these soil microbes that everyone has, um, are very important. And I think that's pretty well known now. Uh, there, there's a ton of attention and a ton of marketing and companies and sales uh, uh, of biological stuff, and you just hear a lot about it now. So I don't think anybody's, um, I don't think anybody's in the dark on that, um, as far as the fact that they're there and they're important. But I want to talk just a little bit about some some key things to remember. So your soil is full of biology. There's bacteria, fungi, protozoa, nematodes microarthropods, there's all kinds of stuff in there, right? But the the one thing that we want to focus on is the balance of those organisms. So when we are analyzing soils, if somebody's going to tell you, you know, oh, this is going to help your soil biology. Okay, well, what which organisms is it going to help? Um, is it going to improve the populations of bacteria or of fungi or of protozoa? Uh, what exactly is this going to do? What what species is this going to impact? So we will tell you that we recommend having, for row crops, for row crop agriculture, we want to have an equal biomass of fungus in the soil as bacteria. And typically, we're way off from that. Typically, we have anywhere from 5 to 10 to maybe even 20 times as many bacteria in the soil uh, or as much bacterial biomass as fungal biomass. So our products and our practices are, are really centered around building up the populations of fungus, of beneficial fungus in the soils. So when you talk about soil biology um, or somebody tells you it's a biological or it helps soil biology, um, probe a little deeper and ask you know, which, which biology, you know, which species of organisms is this product or practice going to help? Um, that's what we want to know. So we recommend starting with a soil test, taking soil samples, um, about three inches deep in the, in the growing season when things are, are happy and growing actively, you got soil moisture, you got heat, all those fun things, um, that it takes for microbes to flourish. We want to take soil samples about three inches deep, uh, five, six, seven cores in a bag, 
um, and you can send them to us and we'll tell you, here's your populations of bacteria, here's your biomass of fungus, here's your numbers of protozoa and your nematodes. That's going to give us a starting point to say, okay, are we in good shape? Are we in decent shape? Are things pretty out of balance, out of whack here? You know, we need to know where we're where we're starting at. So it's best to start with some kind of analysis. Um, you don't have to, but it's really helpful to start with a soil biology analysis to see where you're at. And then we can start talking about what we need to do. But if you don't know where you're at to begin with, how are you going to talk about, you know, where exactly what you need to be doing on your farm? So to be specific, we recommend a soil biology sample. Um, under a microscope. There's other technology out there. There's DNA tests and stuff, but really those can't tell you the protozoa or nematodes for the most part right now. Um, there is, uh, there's just a big gap um, right now. There's a lot to be learned in the whole PLFA and DNA analysis um, or extraction of soil biology to measure the biology. So there's no perfect method really um, but looking under the microscope and doing those assessments is going to tell us what we need to know um, and give us a good 10,000-foot view to jump in and start making improvements. Those microbes are very important. They influence everything from nutrient uptake um, to disease resistance, antibiotic production, um, plant growth hormones produ uh, are produced by these microbes on the root surface and on the leaf surface both. So just understand and remember that um, the, these microbes are everywhere. They're covering every square millimeter of, of soil and of your plant surface. They are everywhere. They are so abundant, and they have so much to do with your plant, uh, plant growth and plant health and yield. Um, they are critical. Um, it's not the only thing that we want to focus on. There's other things that matter. Just remember, the more that you take care of those microorganisms and feed them and support them, the more they are going to support and help your plant growth and your yield. So the second thing that I want to mention is the the whole journey uh, of, of crop production from seed to harvest. So there's there's a lot of different stuff we could talk about, but I just want to I just want to take um, just two quick things. Number one, um, the seed that you get is is a big part of your yield potential, right? So the genetic potential um, is in the seed. It's in the genetics. And most genetics are fine. Most corn genetics and soybean genetics um, that are on the market today, most of them are, are really good and they have tons of potential. But there's this other part about seed that we don't talk about much, and that's seed quality. So when you look at corn seed or soybean seed, do you know um, do you know exactly what you're getting when when you look at a bag the only thing it's really going to tell you is the germination you know percentage whether that's 80 or 90 or 95 whatever it is um, different states have different minimums but that's just telling you the warm germ um, that doesn't tell us a whole lot that just means it's not it's <laughs> well I can't even say that it means it's not terrible that doesn't tell us much okay? One thing that we want to consider on soybeans is that about 50% of the diseases that we struggle with in a soybean field every year are seed-borne diseases. So what are seed-borne diseases? Those live on and in the seed. 
And the only way to take care of those seed-borne diseases is with the right rates and the right chemicals in your seed treatment. So those seed scrubbers or seed cleaners, there's no one seed scrubber that takes care of everything. You should have two or three in your seed treatment at full labeled rates um, to get rid of those seed-borne diseases. So if you've got um, if you've got a seed treatment that odds are it's designed around soil conditions and, and it's designed to help combat um, soil-borne diseases, not so much seed-borne diseases. So just make sure that the treatment that you're using is going to take care of all the seed-borne diseases. Um, and when I say make sure, that doesn't mean just go ask the sales rep because, of course, they're going to tell you that, yeah, it's the best treatment out there. Um, you know, best best there is. Uh, that's what they all say, and it's just not true. So it takes a little bit of digging um, into into that to uncover the truth. Um, there's some out there that are good, uh, that are rock solid, um, but there's a whole lot of them that are very cut rate. And if you want to maximize your yield potential, one of the first things that you should do is make sure that your seed quality is good. And, and you can't you can't determine really from one lot number to the next how much seed-borne disease is on that seed. Uh, maybe you get lucky and there's not much, and maybe you don't get lucky and there's a bunch. But if you have a good seed treatment that's got good seed cleaners, seed scrubbers in there at full rates, um, then you can take care of that problem. Otherwise, it's going to limit your potential from the get-go. So on soybeans, we'll tell you your cotyledons should stay on until V6, V7 for sure. If your cotyledons are falling off your soybeans at V3 or earlier, you are super limited. You have a you have a disease problem. Something got in those roots and infected that plant, and that is going to limit us from the very jump. So all you can do is much side dress, wide drop, um, foliar applications. You can go do whatever you want. But if your cotyledons drop that early, you're dead in the water. You just don't know it yet. Just understand that seed quality is a big deal. And on corn seed, you know, do you know if the pericarp has any damage? Do you know what the saturated cold germ scores are? Um, if you're going to plant a little bit early, you better know that, and they better be nice and sturdy, um, some pretty high scores. Um, otherwise, you're going to suffer. Um, that corn plant is going to suffer. And if that corn does not emerge evenly from the jump start, we are going to be limited again. So on soybeans, we focus mostly on seed-borne disease. Um, but on corn seed, we want to know, okay, is there pericarp damage? Um, what's our saturated cold germ if we're going to go plant a little bit early? Um, if we're planting in, you know, April or sometimes even the beginning of May if it gets real chilly. Uh, just some, some key things to remember is that seed um, – that seed, the genetic potential is there, but there's other stuff going on that we have to be aware of and watch out for if we want to maximize our yield potential. So that is the main thing I want to point out is we got to start right and we got to start strong. And that's something that, that we help our customers with every day um, in discussing seed treatments and the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, and everything in between and, and making sure our customers get squared away with a solid seed treatment and do what we need to do to ensure that our uh, seed quality or germination, our saturated cold germs, all that stuff is is where it needs to be. As far as the, the whole journey of plant growth, um, from the seed is, is where it starts and, and you got to get that right. So that that's just the most important thing that I want to harp on for a minute on, on from that episode. Um, 
the next thing that I would like to cover a little bit is just our process, the ROI process. Um, and it's important to have a process or a system in place when you're trying to improve yields. Um, you, you've got to you got to be systematic about what you're doing. So we have a systematic process, and the first thing that we do is we start with soil biology. We want to look at and talk about your soil biology, what microbes are present, what's missing, you know, what's good, what's not good, what can we do about it, what do we need to do about it. Uh, we want to look at the biology first, then we're going to look at your soil samples. We want to look at your phosphorus levels, your zinc levels, your potassium levels, your pHs, your calcium, magnesium, all those things. Uh, we want to look at that and get an idea of where we are, if things are decent or if we see something that's way out of whack, out of balance or really low or something like that. And then um, the next and arguably most important thing is when those plants are growing, we want to take tissue samples. So when you take tissue samples, you want to take those tissue samples in good conditions when the plants are happy, not when they're stressed. When the plants are happy um, and they have what they need, they have soil moisture, sunlight, temperature, and they've had it for a week or more, and we go pull a sample. If we've got deficiencies or imbalances, then we're going to say it really is a problem. If you haven't had any rain for three weeks and you go pull a tissue sample and you get two or three or four nutrient deficiencies or imbalances, I can't tell you if that's accurate or not because that plant is already stressing. It's It needs water. The microbes need water to pass nutrients to the plant. The, the, the plants need water um, to feed the microbes. So if, when it's really dry or even if it's way too wet, we can't get an accurate read on what's really going on out there. But on the flip side, you take those samples in good conditions, um, then all of a sudden we, we say, okay, now these tissue samples have a lot of weight and a lot of value as long as, as you know what you're doing. And so we use a system that analyzes those nutrient levels by crop and growth stage and all the nutrient ratios. Um, and when, you know, when there's something out of balance or deficient, it gets uh, some points. Um, and the more points a nutrient has beside it, the more limiting that is. So we can see what's most limiting, what's second most limiting, what's third most limiting, etc., etc. Those tissue samples are a huge deal because the soil samples don't always match up with the tissue samples. So we have got to, um, we've got to get tissue samples to tell us the truth about what nutrient availability is like in this soil. Because a soil sample alone is not going to tell us everything about nutrient availability it's just telling us the amounts of nutrients that are there sometimes that correlates with availability sometimes it has zero or even a negative correlation with availability so tissue samples are a key part of our process so start with biology go into um, seed health um, you know seed treatments um, seed quality, things of that nature, soil samples, and then tissue samples. And if we have all of those, you know, things figured out, when we have all that information, we can figure out, here's what's most limiting. Here, here's your top two or three nutrients that are holding your yield back. Here's one or two or three ways to address those nutrients. Some nutrients, there's only one way to fix them. Some some nutrients, there's a couple ways you can fix them. Some nutrients, uh, there's there's a multitude of ways that you can address those deficiencies. So once you know what's most limiting, you better know what next, how to fix it, right? So if you don't know how to fix it, 
um, knowing what's most limiting isn't going to do you a whole lot of good. Um, and we, we can help with that um, process. Once we have all that information, obviously we're gonna we're gonna do yield checks. We're gonna look at um, look at yield maps and and all that fun stuff and go over what worked, what didn't work, um, what are we missing? You know, there's always something happening. If we do some kind of a yield trial and don't get the result that we expect or that we wanted, um, we have to figure out why did we not, right? We don't just throw our hands up and say, well, let's just try it again next year, or let's just go to the next guy and try it on his farm. Um, we want to know there's always something most limiting, um, but it takes boots on the ground. It takes someone in the field looking at roots and plants um, to actually figure that out. You can't just do it. Um, you can't just do it from a desk. You can't do it by driving past in your pickup truck. You got to be out there. Um, so once we do that, we're confident that we can help people identify what's most limiting, tell them how to fix it, and help their yields go up and up and their profitability go up from there. So in a nutshell, that's our process. We do a lot more than that, but that that's a good overview of it. Um, the next thing I want to mention is just um, who you surround yourself with. Let's talk a little bit about that. So there's no shortage of, of salespeople, right? Um you know, there's uh, most farmers are bombarded with salespeople year after year, um, and, and that's okay. That keeps you know keeps competition in the market. It keeps prices in line. Um, a lot of times, not always, but often. Um, there's a lot of good things about competition. Um, you know, if I didn't have any competition, I don't know how motivated I would be to be better and know more than the next guy. But since there's a lot of competition, I always have to keep progressing no different than farmers and their neighbors right if you uh if you just sit back and get complacent and just let your yields stay where they've always been um i don't really know how long how long you're going to be able to stay in business that way um you got to keep improving there's a lot of salespeople out there um there's not a lot of agronomists and not a lot of really really good agronomists um going through college and getting your degree in plant and soil science is literally just the tip of the iceberg um, that just teaches you vocabulary, terminology, um, you know, some some teaches you the language and, and the foundation of things. But that does not teach you all the ins and outs of where yield, um, wh you know, where yield comes from. How do we maintain it? How do we capture it? How do you know where's where's it where's it disappear from? It does not tell you that. So I recommend, um, no matter who it is. Obviously, find some people that you can trust. Um, I, I always say, I you know, I'm not the smartest guy, but I hang out with some of the smartest people. Um, I like to surround myself with people that are smarter than me and that know more than me, that have more experience than I do, so that I can learn from them and I can call on them for assistance whenever I get stuck. Um, everybody gets stuck. Nobody knows everything. Nobody has it all figured out. You gotta find your team of people. Um, that you trust, that you know have your best interest in mind, um, that have good credentials, um, a solid track record to prove that they know what they're talking about, not not just a smooth talker. Uh, there should be a track record of success behind them um, and happy customers um, for, for a few years before I will say somebody should be in your inner circle like that. Uh, but just surround yourself with people that you like, 
that you um, that you trust and that you know have something very valuable to bring. Uh, I've been really fortunate to be able to start working, you know, a long time ago now with the world record holders with Dowdy and Hula. Um, and, and now we're working with uh, Alex Harrell in Georgia, who's the world soybean record holder. Um, and it's it's awesome to work with those guys um, because, you know, I, I like to tell people, um, I, I like to use this analogy, what is the best way to spot a counterfeit. The best way to spot a counterfeit of anything is by studying the real thing. So people that that can spot counterfeit currency, for example, they don't study all the counterfeit currency. They study the real thing. And what is closest to the real thing in, in crop production and, and what's our benchmark and our target, those world record yields, um, people can argue about profitability and, and that, and that's I understand that. Right, we're not going to treat every acre like it's a contest. Uh, we can't do that, but we get to learn so much about what these plants can do, um, and when everything is right, what is what happens? What's this look like? Um, so I've been really fortunate, really blessed to be able to work with the world record growers. I've learned a ton from them. Um, working with Dowdy and then Hula is how I got introduced to Paul Bodenstein. Um, Paul Bodenstein is obviously a big part of, uh, of my business. I use him a lot. I call him very regularly and discuss, um, all kinds of things. Um, he's a wealth of information. He's been around, I think he's been doing this for 50 years now. Um, and he's good at what he does. He has a phenomenal track record. That's my group. You know, I've got my father, I've got my business partner, I've got um, the world record holders, I've got Paul Bodenstein. I learned all my microbiology stuff from Dr. Ingham. So I, I've got my group of advisors, so to speak, um, and I'm very lucky to have them. And I would recommend if you're a farmer that you have the same. Have a seed expert, have a chemical expert, have a fertility expert, have a biological expert. You know, you got to have those people. Um, so I just can't stress it enough. Get yourself plugged into a network, build yourself a little network um, of, of advisors and people that, that you trust that can help you. Um, and, and it's better if those advisors know each other and can collaborate and discuss things um, to, to make sure they're on the same page, or sometimes they'll disagree. And let's talk about both sides, um, both opinions. All I can say is surround yourself with good people, with smart people that you trust and that you can learn from. I think that that is probably the most important thing um, that that we're going to talk about at all today is the team of people that you have behind you. Because the only way that we're going to continue to raise yields um, across the country is by working together. Um, it ain't going to happen alone. There's no one person that's going to figure everything out. It's just not going to happen. It has to be a team effort. So, okay, that being said, surround yourself with good people that you trust that can help you. The The last few things that I want to talk about are um, along those lines. Uh, we talked uh, – we had an episode about plant health and disease identification, um, and uh, I don't mean any offense to any other agronomists, but – I know that going and getting your degree in plant and soil science and having some plant pathology courses does not make you an expert in disease and disease identification. Um, I know because I went through it myself, and I still have a lot of questions. 
find somebody that is very good at identifying diseases with their earliest symptoms, okay? So we talk about pythium on roots and having a lack of feeder roots. Um, that's an early symptom. The above ground portion of the plant may look fine. Anthracnose on soybeans at R2 or R3, those little tiny black lesions um, on the on the stems and petioles um, that most people don't even see. Um, looking at uh, a, a kind of a fuzzy looking root system on soybeans and knowing that that's a fusarium species, that that's not just the root structure. That's that's a, an abnormality caused by the fusarium strain. Um, those little things are a huge deal. And when you're a high yield grower, those are the things that are holding you back, right? If you're already growing a bunch of 70 bushel beans and you want to get up to 80s and 90s, those little things become absolutely critical to identify and figure out how to get rid of them. Um, so find somebody that knows that stuff. Early identification is so important um, and it's so uncommon. Um, when we went and walked fields with, with Paul Bodenstein um, uh, this past summer, uh, a couple of the fields that we walked, um, me and the farmers were talking afterwards and they were like, man, I've had like five sales reps come out here and they all said the same thing. These look amazing. These look so good. And Paul comes out there and he's like, oh, that's anthracnose. Oh, that's fusarium. Oh, there's SCN. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's this, that, and the other. And it's like, oh my gosh. And he's not, he's not picking on anybody. He's just pointing out what's there. And, and so it's become very obvious to me over the past few years that there is not very many people, nor is there very many people that care about identifying that stuff early and really digging into stuff. Um, it, and it's kind of sad, but just, just try to find somebody that can help with that. Cause I'm telling you, um, one of the things that you'll learn in in reading some literature is um, there's a, a compendium of disease book that we use, and my favorite my favorite sentence of that book says, "Every plant in every field, every year has disease pressure." Okay, it's just did the disease actually infect the roots? Did it infect the roots and then get shut down immediately? Uh, did it did it infect enough to stunt the plant? Uh, is it visible? Is it not visible? Understand that every plant in every field in every every season is gonna have some disease pressure. There will always be disease trying to get in the roots and in through the foliage. Um, it is always happening. Okay, so don't be naive about that. Don't pretend oh it's not happening here because my plants are all alive. Um, it's happening. We just got to figure out to what degree is it happening and, and how much is it, how much is it holding our yields back? Those are the main things. That's what I felt was most important to kind of recap on, um, uh, as far as this first season goes. Um, I feel like, you know, we, we've covered a lot of information. Um, a lot of it's very valuable, but it just, you know, it just depends what you're going to do with it. Are you going to take it and study it and dive in a little deeper and, and look on your farm and try to see, uh, and learn some of these things, um, or are you just going to kind of say, nah, well, you know, I don't think I really have those problems. Um, b because I guarantee you've got at least some of them. Everybody does. Um, so this is a group effort. Again, find a team of people that can help you, support you, um, teach you things, and, and just help you make some decisions along the way. Um, 
early early disease identification, seed quality, seed borne diseases, all those kind of things become a big deal and they're just not really talked about hardly ever. So those are the key things I want to take away. Um, I want you guys to take away from this and just remember, you know, the only way that we're going to raise our yields is to identify what's most limiting and remove that as a limiting factor. It's the only way, and that's a never-ending process. We're going to figure out what's most limiting. We're going to remove that limiting factor, and then there's something else that's most limiting, and let's remove that. And now there's something else that's most limiting, and let's remove that. And now there's something else. It is never-ending. Um, but that's okay. That's job security. Um, you know, that it's it's just we'll never have it all figured out. It's a constant learning process. Try to keep all those things in mind the best you can. Um, hope that has been helpful. Hope this first season has been helpful. And if you guys um, would like to work with us as far as, you know, looking at what nutrients are most limiting, um, talking about disease identification, um, different things of that nature anything that you've heard us talk about if you if you want help and you don't have that team of people that i talked about reach out to us just shoot us an email shoot us a message on facebook or something um we will we'll get a hold of you and and you know you can schedule a consultation on our website um it's free you can do a 30 minute or an hour i'd recommend an hour 30 minutes is never enough um, even an hour, we run out of time a lot of times and have to reschedule a second meeting. But if you need help, I promise we're here to help you. And I think that we can. So if you want to work with us and you haven't before, please don't hesitate to reach out, schedule a consultation with us. That way we can, uh, that way we can start the process. Um, so a little preview for next season, season two is coming up and, um, one of the reasons that, that we think you should come back is um, you are not just going to hear from me. You're going to hear a lot more from Paul Bodenstein, and he is a wealth of information that I would say you cannot get anywhere else. Um, we're going to talk with uh, some some state and world record holders on here. We're going to do some interviews, and we're going to get some information um, and discuss some of the things that they think are most important to raising yields and raising high yields. Um, we're going to have, uh, we're going to have a lot of guests on here that are experts in their field. Um, and, and we, we think that that'll bring a lot of value to you guys. Just, you know, sometimes it's nice to hear maybe the same thing explained in a different way by somebody different, um, or just hear new information. Um, like I said, nobody knows it all, including myself. I don't know it all. So, um, hopefully, you know, with, with the guests that we get on this next season, we will cover most all relevant information, um, at least as far as corn, soybean, and wheat production goes. Um, but stay tuned. Hope you come back for the second season. We will have a lot of great, very educated, um, and very outstanding performers uh, coming on as guests uh, to help us just keep going in this whole um, educational thing that we are trying really hard to bring to our customers. So thank you guys for tuning in. Hope you come back again. Um, stay tuned for the second season. It's going to be a good one. You will not want to miss it, I promise.